what's going on? Hey, it's your freaking mook. Your freaking mook. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Part two. Part two. The uh, entity. The entity. Ghost raper. Ghost raper. So we're coming back from last week where we were talking about a woman getting raped by a green Asian ghost. Yeah, it actually wasn't pleasant for her. No. I mean, well, it's a lot of um, fucking ghost jizz. Ghost jizz, ectoplasm. But we are following up this week with the conclusion of the story of how this whole shit ended. Are you going to press it? Yeah, well, I'm, I was waiting for you to say and then the, the investigators arrived. And the fucking Ghostbusters are on the scene, man. <laughs> and then the investigators arrived. Alright, that didn't didn't fucking play out. Didn't play out how I wanted it in my head. But the Ghostbusters are here. They're fucking gonna save the day. As they fucking always do. They work for UCLA. They found a woman getting raped by ghosts. They got a bunch of fucking resources. They're gonna get to the bottom of this shit. And this is how this whole shit plays out. Alright, so welcome. Open your ear holes to part two. The Entity. Ghost Raper. Ghost Raper. Taff and Gaynor, the investigators, they came back with a full fucking crew from UCLA. Now, UCLA wasn't super stoked about all of all of this. They had kind of medium support from the department. Yeah. But they came back with over t- like 28 to 30 people came Jesus. back to research this fucking tiny house. They had, you know, students and volunteers. They had a fucking bunch of other people. Nine photographers, a variety of other experts. Like, all of these people came with their equipment because they're like, this shit is fucking real. Like, yeah, we finally got something, we kids. We finally got something. We're going to make this department rich. So, We're going to make this department val- valid. Exactly. So, right away, as soon as the, t- the team kind of arrived, they all began to experience the phenomenon. Visitors were constantly complaining of the smell. Some people were fucking vomiting. This was that thing from the documentary. He's like, people were fucking throwing up all over the place because it smelled so fucking bad. Decomposing flesh. There were classic cold spots in the house. Objects moved around. Um, But despite all, you know, the other thing that they said is that people felt like a weird pressure in their inner ear. Mm -hmm. Like there was a bit of a loss of equilibrium or something in the house. So they're all sort of feeling this shit. They're all like experiencing this stuff, but they're not getting a real lot of proof. They're not like they're all of their equipment and all of their funding and stuff. They're not getting a bunch of stuff yeah like having pressure in your ear is not scientific proof it's not scientific i mean 20 30 people all feeling it 20 30 people all seeing objects move like i mean there's you know a lot of but we we all know that eyewitness testimony is not very accurate especially when a group of people come together and they're like oh yeah i saw the thing it was green and they're like yeah you're right it was green yeah yeah it was green like you know what I mean? People get really fucking carried away. Uh-huh. However, they've got like Geiger counters and they're not reading any radiation or anything. They brought in sniffer dogs to try to locate the smell. Like thinking maybe there was a fucking body buried there. Nothing, right? Nothing. Film, like a video, they brought in actual film carry- cameras because I think this was p- pre-video recorder, pre-VCR. It's like 78. 78? Maybe they're getting them, but they came in. Oh with, yeah, they would have still been probably. They filmed. came in with yeah, film cameras, and 
it recorded nothing. Nothing would work. Um, they had like equipment to measure the temperature. They couldn't locate any of the cold spots. Like none of their shit was working, right? But what they noticed, what they couldn't help but fucking notice was the fucking orbs. They have fucking orbs flying around everywhere. Now, let's just talk about orbs. I was going to say, orbs are the thing that's like, when they had all those whack shows that used to be on TV that was mm-hmm. called Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. that you used to make me watch every week. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, are we really going to sing? And it's like, are we going to watch? You kind of the- got into, you were into No, I was into them for a bit. But then it was like, everything was like, oh, we took Because they never, they fucking never find anything. They never, they never show find anything. anything. And then we, we took that tour of all the underground mm-hmm. um, shit in Portland, Oregon. And it was like the underground, the Shanghai, the tunnels. Shanghai tunnels where so they used to good, guys. sell people into white slavery yeah. under Portland. And all the tunnels are still there. It's fucking crazy. So we're in these tunnels under Portland, Oregon, downtown, where they used to Shanghai people and put them on ships and send them out into white slavery. And we're taking all these photos, and all our photos were just covered in orbs. Orbs. Because orbs. We're, and we're like, dude. Because what they are, and I kept swinging around. I was trying to actually take paranormal photography. This and was I, when Billy was in her uh, paranormal state. One of the, no, I when usually, she was ghost busting. I usually go. I usually get into like a one for a couple of months out of each year. That's how it usually works. It's it's cyclical. When you were in the Shanghai tunnels, your Ghostbuster training, was, your yeah. Ghostbuster uh, certification came right back into swing. Yeah, and we, and we were on this tour, we, and Billy's making it happen. We took a bunch of um, photos, and there was a ton of orbs. But even then, like, even though I wanted them to be real, and I wanted them to be actual orbs, they're fucking not, man. They're like dust particles. This is like, it's always dust, right? But what the witnesses actually described is that there these fucking orbs were everywhere, and they were the same kind of fluorescent... Lime green jello. Lime green jello. Slimy kind of like opaque like you could see them right and they were like fluttering around in the middle of the room yeah they, they were, weren't just they like be um they were described as corpuscular orbs of life light and they would fly around the room at, at very fucking high speed and they seemed so real and so solid that they're flying at people's heads and they're fucking ducking. Everyone's ducking to yeah. get out. And there's of the like way 28 of, people there. There's 28 people and everyone's seeing these fucking things and they keep trying to photograph them and they're not really fucking photographing properly. And it's it, it's at that stage too where they're, you know, they don't have maybe the right speed film and like they're they're shooting on film. There's no digital photography or right. anything. They're shooting on film. They're trying to sort of figure it out and they're fucking everywhere right so apparently at this at this stage everyone was seeing this stuff and some of the researchers were just fucking fainting from seeing all this stuff yeah because it was it was an overload it was like they might have seen one orb before in their whole ghost busting career right and they're fucking flying around the shit fucking everywhere like people's brains like weren't comprehending like they couldn't process the information fast enough and they were just fucking fainting fainting so people are throwing up from the fucking smell they're fainting from the fucking orbs and it's it's kind of crazy so orb photographer orb photography as we just mentioned before is kind of like the bottom feeder like the worst kind of thing it's the most like debunked ghost busting, ghost hunting kind of um, thing out there, right? Pretty much always debunked. It's always dust 
It's always fucking some schmutz on the fucking camera lens or whatever. Right. But the team who were at the fucking house managed to capture some pretty raw, pretty remarkable photographs. Some which were still kind of to this day like very famous. Now what makes them so credible is that they there's there's a a couple of pictures that are really really kind of popular um where Doris is sort of sitting on the bed and there are two curved rays of light above her, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like think about um think about a uh like you know when you when you write with, with a sparkler. To- with a sparkler or a torch or whatever it's yeah, it's like a longer shutter speed. They they believe the orb is moving above her. But the thing that's kind of crazy is that She's sitting on the bed in the corner of this room. So the wall behind her bends in an L shape, right? 90 degree angle. 90 degree angle. The light floats above her like a fucking Like a rainbow, yeah. It doesn't go... It doesn't, like, get bent by the wall corner, which it should. so, So the importance of this is that if it was a light that was projected on the wall from, like, a flashlight or some any kind of weird thing... When it hits the corner at the 90 degree, it would shift the angle exactly. down. But it doesn't shift at all. It it's just basically a rainbow above her head, and she's sitting in a corner. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. And then there's a, it's hard. It's kind of hard to describe. We'll, we'll put it up on our fucking yeah, IG. Put, put it up on Instagram or something. But it doesn't, it doesn't, like, in the corner, it doesn't bend. So it's not on the wall. So immediately, every photography expert in the world knows that, like, that light, is in the air it's floating in space it's free yeah floating in space in the air above her head yeah it's it's pretty crazy and there's a couple of ones like that where they're just like no other photographs have been captured like that before this is a a a light floating in free space and it, it taff says he was very frustrated that he goes what we what we saw we couldn't photograph and what we oh, photographed, we didn't see. So when they were taking those photographs of her, they didn't see the orb flying over right. her head. But when they saw the orb turning into a fucking green Asian, yeah, which they, comes could, later. they couldn't photograph any of that. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was the most fucking frustrating thing for him. Now, another series of, of Polaroid photographs, and these are kind of cool because, as, as we know, and maybe for our, our younger audience, or whatever, Millennials. Polaroid photos can't be faked. There's no after effects. There's no anything. No, it's it's like they, they, you click it, and it comes out. It comes out, and what's on the fucking film is on the film. So they have a brand new thing of film, and this was this was a, was a cool thing that we saw in the documentary too, where yeah. the a different I think it might have been Gaynor who was in that the the second one that we saw, and he's talking about the Polaroids. Yeah. So he has this series of Polaroids, and he's he's showing them, and he's like, so this one, um, you know, Doris said. It's in front of my face. It's in front of my face. So they would snap a photo of her on a Polaroid camera, and then it would just come out white. Yeah. And then she would say, it's gone. So he would snap again, like a control photo. And it would actually be her sitting on the bed. And she's sitting there. And And then then she would go, it's in front of my face. And he would snap another one. And it's all... Oh, it's over there. It's it's over here. Now it's gone. And then then she'd say, it's gone. And he would snap it again. And she's there. She would, it's in the corner. So he'd snap a photo in the corner. And it's all, all white. Yeah. And then she would say, it's gone. So he'd snap it again. 
and it's the corner of the room. Yeah, it was like every photo where she said it's in front of my face or it's in the corner, it's white. Yeah, and then every other photo, like kind of, like it's white in the in, in the way that it's like completely bleached out. But you get you can kind of see some certain lines and bits of pieces. It's like there's a weird fucking light in front of the camera. Exactly. Like. I, I, we don't know what else to say. And this is on a fucking Polaroid, and they're seeing it develop in front of their eyes. Like, there's no fucking Yeah, they didn't go to the, they didn't, like, whatever. take it to a, a lab or anything. It's like, it comes out of the camera. So, one thing that actually Rob picked up with his keen fucking senses is when we were watching one of these documentaries, and it was, it was so great. I think it was, um, the show Sightings from the 80s, and it's fucking amazing, it's a bunch of great episodes. <laughs> but um, this one, they uh, they show one of these control photos, right? So they show a bleached out photo, mm-hmm. and then they show the photo of Doris sitting there at the kitchen table. So it's table. what she said. She said, it's in front of my face. They yeah. take a photo. It's all white. Yeah. And then she says, it's gone. They take a photo, and it's just her sitting at this table. But she got a fucking Ouija board in front of her. Yeah. So Rob pointed that out straight away, and he's like, what the fuck? She's got a fucking Ouija board sitting in front of her? And then we're like, holy fuck, that's crazy. Now, at that time, in the time of the 70s and fuck, I I still feel like maybe those fucking researchers from UCLA are like, hey, you know, why don't we just try to fucking see if it's going to tell us something on the Ouija board? Like, it may have been... So you think it was the UCLA people that put the Ouija board there? I don't know. Because it's on her table. They were there when they were doing the the experiment. Anyway, we thought it was kind of fucking really weird. And then, little side note to the BTW, (laughs) is that um, apparently Doris had been playing with Ouija boards since she was a teenager... And uh, had been like kind of drinking and partying and like getting into a cult shit. She fucked at least four young. dudes to have four different kids. So, you know, say what you want about Ouija boards. My, uh, I have fucking so many gnarly stories to to tell about this stuff. And I don't think we can. I don't think we can even touch Ouija boards at this point. We're not touching but Ouija I'm boards right tonight. Now, I'm saying this is. Up. I'm saying this is a whole other episode, right? Yeah. And, you know, honestly, if you guys have a fucking juicy Ouija board story, email us. email us, man. We'd love to talk to you. I feel like this is a whole nother episode. Uh, it's, it's more than That's that. so good. It's more to the point that we went to a store to buy a Ouija board for a fellow haunted house show friend. And the woman at the store was like, do not give anybody a Ouija board. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I've had you guys two, are fucking with some serious I've shit. I've had two people stop me in the last, like, two years of from buying Ouija boards. Yeah. I tried to buy another Ouija board from when a... When did you try to buy another one? Um, from a, uh, like, you know... Street uh, vendor? No, like a um, uh, swap meet. Yeah, it's a street vendor. Yeah, but not at the street. It was at the Pasadena City College or something. Where was it? Pasadena City College! On the street? You weren't there, dude! That's on that. See, street vendors won't even sell you a Ouija board. Oh God, they wouldn't. They actually wouldn't sell it to me though. Because they're fucked gnarly. up, dude. It's anyway, that's weird that she had a Ouija board in the picture. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's a little fucking sus, right? 
So at this stage, right, the investigators are still really trying to get their scientific shit. So they they put up, they devise this scheme where they they're taking these, they're taking a few other photos of um, the fucking orbs. But what they're not being able to tell is like how fast they're traveling, where are they traveling, how are they like you know like they're trying to get a, like a frame of reference, right? Mm-hmm. So they devise this scheme where they're gonna set up fucking black. They're gonna cover her apartment with uh, sheets of black foam core that they tape up with duct tape, and they fucking grid them all out. They put a points over the whole thing, and this is fucking really fucking cool. When That's you think actually about pretty it. smart. So they're like, so then we'll know. If the camera speed is set at this fucking point and the orb has traveled between this thing, blah, 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 we'll be able to tell how fast the orb is traveling. Because like, you've really... got an actual physical grid on the wall. Exactly. They're really fucking trying to do this. So they put up all the fucking boards and stuff. And then they all witness, again, many, many witnesses to this as the fucking tape is peeled off the wall by an unseen hand and the fucking boards are ripped off the wall and fucking thrown at Doris. Yeah. Poor old They're fucking thrown Doris. at her and it's like chunks of the wall are thrown yeah, at her. Plaster fucking flat, it's ripping shit off. It's fucking insane, dude. It's insane. They fucking do it again. They see it again. Oh, no, no, no. The first time it happened, it happened when they weren't there. And she and she and they, she's like, hey, all the boards came off. They the wall. thought yeah. that she had done it. They're like, she was pissed, so she tore all the boards so off. So they the put they put them so back, back up, and, and then, then they, they witnessed them, them get that's torn it. off. Yeah, that's what the that's the fucking the good good shit about it. So they're trying to fucking do this stuff. They're trying to keep up the boards up. They're doing the best they can. And Doris had said that since the investigators came in, the actual rapes had stopped. Thank God. Fucking right. She, I mean, Thank come God. on. How much can you put this woman through? Yeah, and you've got a pussy full of fucking ectoplasm every night. Yeah, like, and you know, know, your teenage son's watching you get well, you raped douche by ghosts. You douche him with holy water at that point. Uh, good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so she said that they'd stopped since the investigators had come, although she's still getting attacked and other people are getting attacked and blah, blah, blah. And on one night of the long investigation, because they, they were there for like three months or something, these investigators were like in and out of their house yeah, it's and their like job. there all the time. And so Doris gets super fed up. She's probably drunk and she screams at the fucking orbs that are always flying around. She goes, We don't want to see your lights. Show yourself, damn you. Like she's fucking pissed. Literally and, in, in, in American sense. Yeah. She's pissed Australian sense, drunk. Yeah. And she's pissed American sense, mad. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, she's drunk and She's angry. pissed. So. Show yourself, damn you. Damn you. Then Taff and 20, 20 of college, yeah. fucking other witnesses. Everybody else that was there. Do you want to say this bit? They watched in amazement as the orbs kind of joined together and formed a misty, translucent torso. Just as Doris had described... Exactly what she had said. The lights moved away from each other, and then the figure disappeared. So, basically, the orbs came together, and they formed a buff, bald, green, lime green jello Asian man. Beautiful Fu Manchu. You're you're making up the Fu Manchu, dude. Buff as fuck. 
Like he is. I feel like there's buff is, Asian dudes that don't have mustaches, Bill. Yeah, but he is bald and he is fucking ripped, and they see well, it. Well, no, and so then they're like, that's fucking, that's the thing. Is like he was de- he was definitely a lime green bald torso, buff. no legs, bald headed Asian, possibly no mustache, possibly no mustache. So anyway, yeah, and then and then they kind and of and then they just disappeared. Then they just and everybody was like, "Holy shit!" So like, oh wait, so the, you've been saying that you've been getting raped by a lime green Asian buff dude, and then twenty and then twenty witnesses when she gets into this drunken rage says, "I'm sick of fucking seeing all your bullshit flittering and yeah. fluttering around my room. Show yourself." Yeah, and You're then the fucking buff fucking green Asian me. dude shows up and then disappears. Yeah. So Doris and the family basically. And this is like at this point, everyone's like, "Holy fuck, this is fucking crazy." They, the whole family, claimed that there were four spirits in the house. The investigators kept saying three and whatever, but there was an uh, a fourth spirit who they all referred to as Mister Who's It. Who's it? Who's it? Mister Who's It was this... the fourth ghost. Okay, what was his? And there's some speculation that he was actually the grandfather of the children. What who what children? The her children. Like so it was her father. I don't know. Oh. This is like something I, I read kinda later. But the point is is that whether or not he was the children's grandfather, I don't think he was. He was basically introducing himself and talking to the kids as Mr. Who's it, as this you know, uh fans of the Exorcist. Captain Howdy. Mm-hmm. There's often like often these kind of fucking ghosts or demonic entities or whatever will present themselves in kind of familiar kind of nice packages. Right. And they'll like just say like Har- Harvey Weinstein. Exactly. He's the Harvey Weinstein of ghosts. <laughs> he is. So he all he, kind of powerful. He apparently told some of the told some of the younger kids that he was their grandfather uh, hey, and that you shouldn't be afraid of me. Don't be afraid of me, dude. I'm not gonna do a bad yeah. touch. I'm yeah. gonna do a nice touch. Yeah, we're all gonna be cool, Mister yeah. Who's It? They called him, but he didn't really attack her. He didn't really do this stuff. But he was kind of. I feel like he was trying to get in there with the kids. Like something fucking weird was going on. Who well, that, knows what he would have done to the kids? But if it was their grandfather, I mean, then, then you would want to kick it with your grandkids. Yeah, you but know if it mean? was like a creepy old fucking pervert ghost who wanted to rape the little boy kids. Oh, he's yeah. He's like, hey, I'm Mr. Yeah. Who's it? Like, I'm Captain Howard. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm Kevin see Spacey. See what I'm saying? I get it. Um, so Taff seemed to think that the incidents were worse and became more violent when Doris was drunk. And as we said, she was drunk quite a bit to cope. And, like, honestly, like you fucking would be, right? You'd Listen, be I, I would, like I, you know, I I would like to clear the air. When you're poor, the only thing that can save you is being drunk, and we've been there. Yeah, it's I'm fucked not. Up, it's but... it's terrible. And when you're fucking a single mom and you're responsible for three kids, being drunk is the only thing that would save yeah. you. And then if you're getting raped every night by a ghost and you have no idea how to stop that. Being drunk is the only thing that yeah. could save you. So I don't feel like there's any reason to cast any kind of oh, judgment no, on this woman for being drunk. And I'm not, I am not I don't think there's any judgment. reason to cast judgment on her for being drunk. No, there's no judgment I would have been drunker than her. There's no judgment cast. The thing is, though, is that Barry is going, hey, listen, when you're wasted, 
everything seems to go create more crazy and more violent and shit. So I don't know. Maybe no. Maybe try to cut back a little bit. Well, because you probably yeah. Because I mean, like, and, and I get that too. Like when you're not lucid, like everything can go wild. Like your whole life can change before your eyes. But I see the, the understanding is like you cannot fucking judge her based on that because that's no, unfair. No, and we you you keep saying that and you're looking at me all crazy, and I'm like, there's no judgment coming from me at all. Because I mean, can we just put that. Yeah, let's put it to rest. Like, of course she's drunk. I'm just saying... Why would you be sober during this? Dude, I'm just saying that the fucking investigator is like, hey, I've noticed that when you're fucking tanked, shit gets fucking crazy. Why don't we try not getting fucking tanked tonight, right? So that's, that's all that fucking happened. And so she didn't. And guess what? The activity fucking decreased, right? So she's like, oh, maybe there's something to this. Maybe this is kind of cool. So she kind of stopped her sort of drinking and the fucking activity did sort of start to lessen, right? And it was almost sort of a manageable level. So there was a couple of rumors, like I, I heard a couple of different things that the house was actually sold and that they were forced to move out. But about, basically about 10 weeks, something like that, three months or something before, after Taff and the team became involved, she decided that she needed a bit of a change of scenery. So she moved with the family to Carson. And after quite a brief little period, the disturbances started up again. They basically followed her to the new house. Mm-hmm. And you know what's weird about this place is that the two houses on the other side of her both neighbors started to complain of paranormal events. Really? So it followed her. It followed her in a big way. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So basically at the end of all this stuff, right, she's now moved away. She's trying to get on to her fuck for with her life. But Taff and his colleagues basically surmised... I'm saying I wrote here claimed, but I don't think claim is the right word. I think it's surmise. They thought yeah, they're trying to figure out what's that going the on. happenings were most probably poltergeist, most probably like telekinetic, yeah. psychokinetic in nature. In that, to her. that the unhappy negative home, the infighting that was in the house. So because apparently they were all fucking fighting all the why, time. Why wouldn't you be? You're poor. You've got kids. None of them are your brothers or sisters, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, you would have all yeah. this weird stuff. Like, your dad doesn't even fucking know. Your dad's a piece of shit. Like, yeah. well, your dad's dead. And like... Well, mom's drunk every day getting raped by green fucking Asian yeah. demons. So, that basically, all of this stuff combined with Doris's heavy drinking essentially caused this situation yeah she kind of like there's they surmised that she kind of didn't bring it on herself she certainly didn't ask for it it certainly wasn't her fault at all but they think it was like the perfect storm of all this fucking kind of shit absolutely all this negative energy coming out yeah fucking bouncing around you know vulnerability the fucking being drunk all the time everything and they said, just like we said earlier, that it wasn't particularly the house. It was Doris who was haunted. Yeah. And that was kind of proved from when she moved to Carson and brought all the shit with her, you know? Right. So it's following her. So and it, it was, in his opinion, it was a really kind of nasty poltergeist attack. He also claimed that the eldest son, the teenage son, was 
frequently listening to satanic heavy metal music. Again, another fucking like fucking catch point thing. Late 70s, early 80s, bullshit, dumb shit. And it turns out like he was listening to like Black Sabbath and like Uriah Heep and stuff. Like he was listening to like 70s fucking classic rock, (laughs) man. Which everybody was fucking listening to. Totally. You know? So, I mean, I think there's something to be said for, like, I believe that, I believe in the poltergeist shit. It makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like a lot of fucking crazy shit happens. And it kind of makes sense to me that there, she's like, okay, maybe we've been dabbling in the occult, which we all know we'll, we'll go into this in another thing, but maybe it's not the best idea. Maybe some of that shit fucking hangs on to you yeah. for a little bit. Maybe if you're a tortured, drunk, single mom of four with four different... Po- you sh- probably shouldn't be playing with Ouija boards Don't. and do drugs. Yeah, maybe not. Don't leave the drugs and the Ouija board and the drinking Yeah, especially alone. together, you know? Yeah. Like, hang out with your girlfriends, have a doobie, sure, you know? Oh, doobies are okay. But, okay. yeah, I don't know. Don't, don't just put them all together. Yeah. So, around this kind of time, too, um, Doris began working with the writer Frank... De Felita, who all of these fucking all of these uh, authors of this time always had these like kind of like Italian. They're Italian. Yeah, it's kind of great. They're Italian, and all the great, um, you know, visual poster artists that did all the movie posters mm-hmm. and shit. They're all Italian. Yeah, but they're real Italian. I think he's like yeah. Italian American, like third generation. Oh, that's racist. But yeah, they. Uh, all the great poster artists and shit from the 70s were Italian uh, illustrators. Yeah. Italian illustrators are fucking on a, Italian, on a cliff of their own. Italian horror movies from this generation? Absolutely. From this fucking yeah. time period? And, oh, it's amazing. Um, but she started working with this writer, Frank Defilito. Defilito. So, and as I mentioned at the start of this episode, okay, The Exorcist had come out. Mm-hmm. Everyone fucking made a bunch of money. Amityville Horror, fucking happening. Ton of money. Ton of money. Fucking, this is like, he he is just like looking at this and seeing fucking dollar signs, right? So he comes to her, he's like, hey baby, we can make a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. And he gave the story like the Hollywood treatment for real, right? We said that, um, that Barbara Hershey was, was, she, and she was like a fucking quite an amazing actress at that time. Um, she was, uh, the story was made like super sexy and sensational, included yeah. a lot of sort of fantasy stuff. Ghost rape. And then, uh, Taff, Barry Taff said that he had, he had spoken to, um, Defilita in the beginning and really sort of helped him. I think they were actually hired as consultants on the movie. That happens a lot. Yeah. I've got a crazy story about consultants hired for American Me. But. Yeah, there you go. Um... So, they were hired on the movie and stuff, and they were helping. But basically, at some point, Def Leader, the writer, said to Barry Taff, he's like, you know, what would be like you as a parapsychologist if you could have the, the ultimate experiment? Like, what would you like to do to this case? Like, consider thinking that... that Money, you know, funding and department support and everything wasn't wasn't an issue. What would you like to do? And Taff kind of thought about it and he said, "Well, with f- 
full like UCLA backing in a laboratory. The thing that we would like to do is like create a controlled environment and we would get the subject into that environment that we had rigged with like cameras and light sensors and all of our equipment. And we would see if they, their energy could bring the spirit. And, uh, you know, we would try to like study the spirit and stuff. And then we would try to develop some uh, techniques and maybe we would, we would capture the ghost. So this is what the parapsychologist says to the screenwriter. Right. This is like a joke. Says to the screenwriter. It's not, it's not a joke. But this is what I mean. This is what, he, this is what he, if he could do, like, no, you know, it's like, what would you do if you had fucking $5 million? You yeah. know, it's like this fantasy question. So he yeah. says that. So the fucking writer is just like, oh, that's fucking gold. I'm going for that. So he writes <laughs> this whole fucking thing about the movie where... They do do that. They build a fucking chamber in the university. It's all fucking glass and it's all like, like, I think it was the movie was made in like 82. So yeah, it's it was, like yeah. early 80s kind of like, it's a glass room and it's sci-fi and there's fucking all these cameras and they're focusing and doing all the shit. Mm-hmm. And their, their big, their big gag in this whole thing is that they were going to lure the ghost into this controlled environment. Right. And then they had cannons set up with liquid helium. Helium? Yeah, helium. That they were going to squirt at the fucking ghost when it appeared, and then they'd, they'd fucking freeze it in the helium, and they'd catch it. Right? Is helium cold? Yeah, I, I feel think, like helium's in balloons. Helium's I, the I thing like, that makes something float. I don't know. Oh, it's lighter than oxygen. It's lighter than oxygen. I don't know. Maybe they'd be able to capture the vapor of yeah, the ghost or the dude. energy or something. Totally. But there was a whole big thing. Now, in the movie, it all fucks up. The ghost actually fucking gets the cannons. He fucking spins them around. He points them at fucking Barbara Hershey. She gets fucking doused with the shit. Like it's, the ghost did that? Yeah, the ghost goes Oh, I gotta bombs, see this film. Right? I gotta see this film. It's really film. hard. I tried to order the DVD. We couldn't, couldn't get it. Yeah. I also think it's very hard it's, to watch movies from the 80, 70s 83. or 80, 83 because they're so slow so anyway it's a pretty sensational movie and stuff now here's here's the thing that's kind of sad about that I bet you fucking old Doris didn't get too much money I, I read something the other day that well the, she's still alive no, no she died in 95 the people um, the people who uh, the Amityville horror people yeah right who sold this story and fucking just lied and lied and lied it was all just lies that, um, wait, are you debunking the Amityville? Yeah, we'll, we'll do this another episode. That's fake? But they basically, Jay Anson, who was the writer of that and then sold the movie rights, like he made mi- like millions upon millions upon millions. They made approximately, give or take, $300,000 from the book and the movie rights. Who did? The, the people, the Lutzes, the people who the haunting happened to. Who fucking lived at the fucking murder house. 300000 for fucking nothing on millions and millions. So what I'm saying is, I don't think Doris really probably profited very well. She probably no. got fucked out of this deal. But yeah, the book did really well. The movie did really well. I actually read today that Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. a director you guys may be familiar with, um, fucking says that this entity movie... 
is the scariest movie that's ever been made. And he's kind of like... It's kind of a big deal, isn't he? Are you talking about Martin Scorsese? Yeah, that one. He's like... I mean, would you consider him a film expert? I feel like he's a bit of an expert. I feel like he's a film expert. He even had that that big series, He had that thing that was um, The Sopranos. Did he do that? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I think you're just fucking with me. I am I think fucking with you. I think you're playing dumb. If Martin Scorsese says that The Entity is the scariest movie yeah. he's ever seen, yeah, like kind of have to understand this story is pretty fucked I, up. I feel like he's got a lot of tolerance for like slow-moving movies, though. You know, for the stuff that he watches. But that's not the point. What he's saying is like the concept of being scary. raped by a green, and lime is, green, man. Japanese fucking like that's scary, dude. It's and you're a single scary. mom. You're living in color city. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, poor. Yeah. You're drunk. It's scary, dude. So anyway, that's, that's the scariest life I could ever imagine. Really, so I couldn't imagine a scarier life. No. So the the fucking the book's gone out, the fucking movie's gone out, like blah blah blah. She's uh, in Carson. Things didn't go well. Probably didn't make. Oh, a bunch she, of, she yeah, she moved. Yeah, she moved again. Yep. Then she moved to San Bernardino. Not oh, the birdie. not the nicest uh, place in the world. Not the worst though. Yeah, I mean, you know. Shout out to Beru. Probably would have been pretty fucking fun back then. And uh, the fucking the. The Asian ghost uh, just kind of followed her around. She uh, kept in contact with Barry Taff, and at this point, she kind of just grown. Like, so, did she get money from this, the movie? That's what I'm saying. It's like I I just went over this. I just said this. I don't think she got a lot of money. It right. never specified, but everything was really successful. But she's moving to San Bernardino, and yeah. the ghost is still following her. I don't think she yeah. did. I don't think she did well. Is what I'm if saying. If you do really well, you instead of San Bernardino, you know, you would pick like Malibu. You do or, something else, I yeah. think. So it kept it kept following her. She kept in contact with um, Tafe, and at this point, she yeah, the 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 fucking attack. She'd just been like, well, this is this is kind of what happens to me now. Right. She eventually moves to Texas somewhere, kind of undisclosed, and uh, apparently they followed her there too. Jesus. And then at one point, this is kind of a weird side note too, at one point she co- she contacted Barry Tafe to let him know that she had become pregnant with one of the ghosts. Jesus Christ. Right? So... So what happens then? Her, there's a couple of theories about that, but that was basically the last he'd he'd heard of her. Uh, He heard from her. He kind of slowly lost contact with her. Um, And the kind of the the preface is, is that no one really knows what happened to her. Whether she, like, did they ever escape the thing that haunted them for so long? Did she have the ghost baby? Did she have the ghost baby? Wait, wasn't there a thing, wasn't... Didn't you see a thing from her son? Yeah. I'm just going to do like a little uh, prelude right now. Because he would know. Yeah. Basically, after I I researched all this stuff, uh, Doris actually died in 95. So she's, everything's, you know, she's finally at peace. So if she did have the ghost baby, it'd be out there somewhere without a mom. Um, So... I, you know, was jigging around trying to fill some holes in the research. Bit of a bookworm, bit of a 
excellent researcher. Yeah, going, going down the, the fucking spirals. Give you your props. And I fucking found an interview with one of the sons. And this is only from 2009. So it's like, it's not... It's not even 10 years. It's like it's, 8 years Yeah, old. it's not even that old. And it's on a, uh, a great site called ghosttheory.com. Check it out. Lots Ghost Theory. Of, Shout out to ghosttheory.com. Yeah, lots, lots of fucking great shit on there. Um, and first thing I just want to say right off the bat, he basically confirmed that everything was fucking true. Right. He's a grown ass man. Right. And he's, he's not gaining anything from Ghost. Well, no, listen, no, no disrespect no, no to ghosttheory.com. But they're not hooking this dude up with $10 billion. But this is like what I'm saying. And so he's going to be honest when he talks about it. He's not selling this story to National Enquirer. Right. He's on ghosttheory.com and they're asking him questions and, and he's him giving him honest things. answers. And he said that he had been waiting for years to tell his story. Like, it ain't been... I bet he, I bet he had, because that's, like, that's traumatic, dude. Yeah. The shit he went through, he, he was, deserves, like... He was just out of elementary school. So, how old How old would he be? Five, six? How uh, old are you Yeah, or, like, no, when you get out of elementary school, yeah, you'd be, like, nine or something, ten. Isn't then that go middle into, school? No. Middle school um, is, like, ten to, like, fourteen. I, the point is, I think he was in his, like, younger years. Like, I think this may be, like, you know, yeah, he would have been, like, eight... Something like that. Anyway, he said that basically most of the ship's fucking pretty fucking true. Spot on. Yeah. So Brian Harris is his name. He's the middle child out of the three boys. She had three boys, one daughter. Mm-hmm. And he was basically often fucking teased at school for living in the fucking the ghost house. Of course. Like everybody in the neighborhood knew that it was a haunted house. And he denies that it was ever condemned or anything like that. He said it was pretty shabby. Mm-hmm. But he said it mostly felt like fucking isolated as fucked. Like, they... You would. He said that they... Basically, people were always coming to try to look at the ghost house. So they had, like, prowlers and, like, teenage kids, like, looking in their windows and shit. Well, so that would they, already put you on Exactly. Edge. So I think the mum was, like, kind of, like, tried to sort of shut them out from the outside world a bit, which you would fucking believe right absolutely so he says that he totally remembers all the bruises and scratches on his mother he says it was just like the movie he says it was um they were all in her inner thighs and in this weird fucking places she couldn't get to um she said he said that most of the activity focused on his mother or his teenage brother but they were all under attack as in, all the kids remember being pushed, bitten, scratched, and fucking basically like attacked by the entities all the time. That's would, so fucked. It would fuck with them all the time. Um, that he said that objects would fly around the house all the time. They're crashing everywhere. It was pretty mm-hmm. much fucking mayhem. He remembers his mother screaming in the bedroom and like hearing her being fucking thrown around. Can you imagine this if you're a fucking kid, No, dude? I can't. No, so I can't. insane. And then he heard slaps. Like, he would hear a slap. And then his mother would, like, react as if she'd been fucking slapped across the face. And then he actually witnessed one of the rapes as well. And he Jesus says it was fuck. fucking crazy because he goes, imagine a woman being beaten up 
but there's nobody doing it. Right. So she's being like picked up and like her hair is being pulled and then she's being thrown to the ground and like her arms are like fucking pinned behind her and shit like this. Right. And imagine like, even if you're a kid and you see like a man doing that, you could at least try and go do something. Yeah. But if you're watching it and there's nobody there, that's like gotta be the most fucking insanely fucking traumatic thing ever. And uh, he said that there were four entities in the house. He confirms all of that. He says that they often showed themselves and they look like a fog, not quite clear. And then he says of the of the person, he said it was like a sculpture, like a chiseled body, but not a full figure. And again, he describes it as kind of misty. But very interesting point. He said that they did not look Asian. They didn't look Asian. That's what he says. He's like, I don't even know where they came up with that. They didn't fucking look Asian. Let's stop put, putting it on the Asians. You pinned the Fu Manchu on the Asians. I did. You pinned... That sounds like a party game. Pin, pin the Fu Manchu. <laughs> I, would I, love, went, I would love to play that game. Listen, I went from the research and then I only found this stuff last night. And I was like, oh my God, not only does he fucking confirm this stuff... But he also fucking caught them in a lie. And it's like, hey, guess what? Racial profiling. They made up that shit. It was a buff, bald, weird-looking, green guy that had nothing to do with it. Here's what I think. Like, think of what you think about when you think of a genie, right? Genie at the lamp. And Aladdin and the lamp, right? Uh, That's a a Persian. Yes, but he's blue or green. He's he's the smoke from the bottom, right? Uh, and yeah. he's just the torso. Yeah. And he often has a bald head or a little ponytail, right? That's a Mongol. But that's what I imagine. Yeah. Because they're they're saying in a like we don't need to fucking keep reiterating this, but he says wasn't Asian. No Asian. So we got a nondescript buff ass motherfucking bald fucking green, lime green, no legged motherfucking raper. Yeah. That raped your mom, got her pregnant, she died. So one of the things that he also said is that, and this is a really interesting point, and I kind of, this this is kind of like my final thought on the whole thing, right? We're Do wrapping, we have a final thought? Yeah, we're wrapping oh, it up. Oh, dude, we're wrapping? We're wrapping it up. So Brian says that he claimed that it was fucking awful having all the investigators in the house, of right? Of course. Now, as a kid... I, I was an only child. I was a very lonely child. I feel like I would have been stoked if there was you been, yeah. a bunch of investigators in my house. And I would have been, like, helping them and, like, fucking in there. You would have And, been. like, blah, blah, blah. You would have been like, let me, help, let me help you tape up the phone cord. We're trying to make a grid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a 1920s paper boy. Yeah, well, remember, you want to tape up the phone cord? Hey, my mom's Mr. drunk as fuck, mister. She got ripped by Asian ghosts. But I got a thing where I can help but you listen, tape up the walls. I can imagine if they came to your house, you would have been pissed. Right? Oh, nobody came to my house. No, if if you were in this situation, you're out of elementary school, uh-huh. you're just trying to come home, you're trying to fucking drink your gallon of milk and like... I don't drink cereal, gallons of whatever. milk, dude. Dude, can you just fucking... Just help me out. We're so close to the end. Just, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you, with but I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink a gallon I of feel, milk in a day. But I, I would f- drink milk. 
I feel like you would be pissed with these people in your space invading your shit. Absolutely. And I would have hated it. What he says is that it sucked and there, there was fucking screaming and yelling. Like if, if anyone saw something, it was like, oh my God, like blah, blah, blah. Grab and the be trying camera. To camera yeah. And like this and that. And he said a lot of the time he would just try to go into his room and watch TV. So you just kind of just imagine from his shoes, like yeah. all this fucking shit's going on. You've got all these fucking students, blah, blah, blah. You're just like, you got, I've, I've got this fucking, uh, my ABC fucking homework. I got to turn in tomorrow. I got to write this fucking paper on like what the best dinosaur is <laughs> or something. You Absolutely. Know? And fuck man. Yeah. And then he said that when the researchers left every night, that the house would fucking come alive. And he said that they all had a feeling that it was angry. Yeah. The spirits were fucking angry. Because they're narcs. For bringing all the shit in. Yeah. Right? Basically, they were angry for them narking. Yeah, they're snitchers. So, here's here's a point. This is, and this is kind of my final thought. Okay. A point that I read that I thought was super interesting. And this was actually in the um, ghost theory.com interview with uh, the sun where they said so okay we're, we're talking about this as a poltergeist activity right this is and and the sun has he kind of thinks that he basically he's very protective of his mom so he's like saying pinning all this on her that she brought all this stuff onto herself is fucked up but the attitude, the fucking energy in the house was pretty fucking weird. There's a lot of back, bad shit going on. We were fighting like, ah, maybe it's got something to do with it. He's kind of open, but like unresolved about the whole thing. Right. But the investigator makes a really good point. The, the writer, the interviewer of that piece where he says, okay, so you've got a poltergeist activity, right? There's fucked up energy in the house. You've got the mother of, like, fucking drinking. you got the the teenage son probably fucking just out of his mind. Also getting attacked by the ghost with his arm fucking broken. broken like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. you got all this fucking weird shit, weird energy in the house. And then all of a sudden, you've got 20-plus UCLA, UCLA students. students. Yeah. And what are they bringing in there? Who They don't have background checks on any of these people. They're bringing in all sorts of fucking weird energy and shit. So what they're saying is that, okay, yes, it is important to investigate these houses and stuff. But as Ghostbusters, a.k.a. You. Parapsychologists, you need to be a little bit sensitive and know, as we all know, we are all like you've, I mean, we've all experienced that thing where like you're at a party or you're at a dinner party or whatever and fucking the, the one dude with the fucking bad vibes comes in yep. and kind of puts ever kind of throws everyone off. Yeah. Like we've all experienced that kind of stuff. It's the bull in the china shop. Yeah. It's like we got, we got a very sensitive, delicate kind of balance that yeah. we're barely holding on while your mom gets raped every night. So let's just bring a fuckload of fucking crazy energy into here with a bunch of people that have a career and shit to prove and a bunch of young students. Shit to prove and, and half of them are probably trying to fuck each other, or, yeah. you know, because there's all that kind of shit. Oh, there's, yeah. like, there's a lot of fucking shit going on. Yeah, and we're just going to bring that all into here and try and find the orbs and photograph the orbs. We've got a psychic and we got a this and a that and an author and we're going to do the thing. And like, yeah, I get it, dude. 
I get it, dude. But, but, but the, the the rudimentary thing is that she, I think she had the thing. She had the thing. She had the thing for real. And I think it's, um, I think that's, that's super well documented. And I think scientifically, like, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Organ, or orgone energy, you know? Mm-hmm. The Nazis wanted it. The fucking government wants it. The fucking witches want it. Fucking, we're all just little fucking little dancing balls of fucking energy. We're all little fucking slimer fucking orbs. Yep. And we're just spinning around. So you know, this is this is my, this is my takeaway from this episode. What's your takeaway from this episode? Fucking shine on your brother. Everybody get together, try to love one another right now. Right now. <laughs> Man, just fucking, you know, good vibes, man. Good vibes. Don't get fucking raped by a ghost. Well, it's not up to you. But well, if you do I get mean, raped, you want to sing a song? Let's get raped by a ghost. I don't know what you're. You're supposed doing. to try and you're supposed to try and do it. It doesn't you. work unless you're people are looking at us. No, you're supposed to try and do it. Don't, Don't get, get raped, raped by a ghost. ghost. Try your best, best to, to live. This isn't working. <laughs> oh, That's man. We're gonna edit. We're gonna edit all that out. But like the thing is, like, are we gonna do an ending thing? Your ending thing is try and love one another. I my ending vibe. I mean, my ending thing is like just try to have fucking good vibes. Try not to have bad vibes. Yeah. Try to, and you know what? We're, you're all in control of that. Like, Doris, you know, and this is the thing, I'm not victim-blaming at all. Well. No, I'm not. And you fucking, you put this fucking nasty spin. I'm super unhappy about it. I never fucking listen back to this episode and I never fucking victim-blame in the whole thing. I'm just saying, Doris maybe could have got a bit of help with this if, you know... She learned to turn that frown upside down. Mm-hmm. Well, you're absolutely right. Because we're all fucking yeah. prisoners of our fucking mind. Yeah, that's true. And no, you're I right. I just wish that I could be in the 70s in a parapsychology department and just being out there so bad. And Guys. you could have you made a difference. I really could have. But you're in 2017 and you're in a pair of podcast and you can make a difference now too yeah well fucking first paranormal episode i'm super stoked please let us know if you like if you like this shit you guys are into fucking ghosts send us your fuck drop us a fucking email you freaking mook at gmail.com send us an email fucking you know follow us on the things fucking uh you know rate us if you want we're really trying to get this uh you know tell here here's a thing here's a good thing you do this week tell a friend Tell one friend. Tell one friend. If you if you enjoy the podcast, tell, tell one, one friend, friend about it. And, it and, and if you hate the podcast, tell two friends. Yeah. That's even better. Yeah. Say it's the worst piece of shit you ever heard. Yeah. And like, you know, play it to to somebody that you fucking hate. Yeah. Put or, it if you like put it in your car with your the people that you commute with that exactly. piss you off or something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or if you think that we're embarrassing dumbasses. Tell five people 
and make them listen to it as a joke. Yeah. That would be the best. Listen to it at your dinner parties. Yeah. And just and like, dream on us. Yeah, like, and go, look care. at these two fucking self-important retards. Let's fucking let them have it. I don't think we're self-important. I think we're, we're you know, we're pretty raw. It's pretty raw. Listen to these two raw dumbasses. They think they're so important. Let, let us have it, dude. Let us have it. Make fun of us, okay, dude. Okay, can we finish it up now? Yep. Um. Hey, you freaking, uh, it's your freaking mook. It's your freaking mook. And I would like to say peace. Peace out. See you next week. Bye. Yeah. What's up? What's going on?